Hello, podcast listeners. I hope you're enjoying your day as much as I have. Today, first, we're going to be talking about how U.S. lawmakers agree on a China investment curbs. Should be interesting to be able to talk about that a little bit more, see what's happening with the U.S. and China relations. And then we're going to be also be talking about how U.S. bill to rein in big tech backed by dozens of small and big companies. Then we're going to be talking about how the FAA requires SpaceX to make more environmental adjustments to move forward with its Starship program in Texas. That's interesting because I didn't believe the FAA was dealing with social issues, but I guess they are. And finally, we're going to be talking about Morgan Stanley and their CEO, James Gorman, who sees a 50-50 odds of recession ahead. Like I always say before I start every podcast, uh, my fellow podcast listeners, I am not a financial advisor in any way, shape, or form. Everything I talk about on this podcast is for information purposes only. Please go talk to your own financial advisor before making any financial decisions, as your financial advisor will know your situation a lot better than I would. I am just a podcaster who's here for entertainment purposes only and to provide the news for those who wish to listen to it. With that being said, let's begin today's podcast. U.S. lawmaker agree on China investment curbs. A bipartisan group of lawmakers said on Monday that it has agreed on legislation that would give the U.S. government sweeping new powers to block billions in U.S. investment into China. The measure is part of a bill that would also grant $52 billion to chip makers to expand operations, a boon to the industry. Quote, the refined proposal released today has bipartisanism by, by Camaral su- support uh, and addresses industrial concerns, including the scope of prospective activities, industries covered, and the prevention of duplicity. Du- duplicative authorities, said U.S. Senator Bob Casey and Johns Corn and Representative Rose- Rosa Del Loro, Bill Pasquale and Jr. and Michael McCall, Brian Flitz. Fitzpatrick and Victoria Sparts in a statement. The initial outbound investment proposal had run into opposition on the fear it would reduce companies' investment abroad, leading to some chip makers to oppose the, its inclusion in the chips bills being hammered out by the Senate and U.S. and House lawmakers. The outbound investment measure was originally proposed as a standalone bill by Republican Senator John John Corrin and Democrat Senator Bob Casey, but was later added to the House version of the massive bill that included the grants for chip makers and is aimed at countering China's rise. The concept behind the measure has support uh, within the Biden administration. U.S. Joe Biden's national security advisor, Jake Sullivan, said in July the government was working on new investment screening and considered outbound investment as it seeks to better position the United States for competition in technology. A study of, uh, sorry, a study by uh, Rodman said 43% of U.S. foreign direct investment transaction with China over the past two decades could have been subject to screening under the broad category set out by the original proposal. It's good to see that the bill, the uh, chip bill so- slowly started to make its way through. I mean, we talked about the chip bill about a month ago, I think it was. Maybe it was a couple weeks back. But it was on hold recently because politicians wanted to see how the midterm elections were going. I think at the end of the day, a lot of U.S. investments should come back to the United States in order to handle the chip situation, because right now, at least 80% comes from Asia alone, I think it was. I think we've talked about that in the past. But it would be good to know that if investment is not going to happen into China, then we should try to pass that bill as soon as possible so we can start creating our own chips within the United States and be able to start becoming reliant on ourselves. I mean, if China does invade Taiwan, that's going to be a huge mess within itself. I mean, most of chips do come from Taiwan. And if those chips do come from Taiwan, then you can potentially see high 
uh, prices and uh, go up in the car industry and the computer industry Virtually anything that requires a computer chip would be hammered. So hopefully this bill gets through faster and we'll be able to talk more about it in the future as we get more information as it comes about. On to the next article, U.S. bill to rein in big tech backed by dozens of small and big companies. Dozens of companies and businesses organizations sent letters to U.S. Congress members on Monday urging them to support a bill that would rein in big tech companies such as Amazon and Alphabet Google. Last week, Democrat U.S. Senator Amy Klobuchar and lawmakers from both parties said they had the Senate votes needed to pass legislation that would prevent tech platforms, including Apple and Facebook, from favoring their own businesses. Companies supporting the measure, which include Yelp, Sonus, DuckDuckGo, and Spotify, called it a moderate and sensible bill aimed squarely at a well-documented abuse by the very largest online platforms. Other signatures included American Bookseller Association, the American Independent Business Alliance, the Institute of Local Self-Reliance, and Kelco Group, Amazon.com, the Chamber of Commerce, and other oppose, sorry, and Kelco Group, Amazon.com, the Chamber of Commerce, and others oppose the measure. Supporters urged lawmakers to pass the bill saying it would mod- modernize antitrust laws so similar so smaller companies can compete. Last week, Klobuchar said she believed that she had 60 Senate votes needed to to end debate and move to a vote on final passages, there is a similar bill in the House of Representatives. Quote, it's no surprise that Yelp and Spotify like the bill since it's designed to help them, but senators are telling us that they just aren't hearing their votes demanding changes to Amazon Basics and Google Maps. The pro-tech chamber of progress said in a statement, the tech giants said, correction, the tech giants have said the bill would imperial popular consumer products like Apple Max and Amazon Basics and make it harder for companies to protect their users' security and privacy. Carl Sebo of NetChoice said the pressure of being exerted to get a vote on the bill was a sign that it's not enough uh, support to pass. This is a drowning bill, last gasp for air, he said. We've talked about this too in the past too. And of course, I'm surprised that Spotify would be for this bill. I mean, at the end of the day, Spotify is competing with Apple podcast. If you think about it, in fact, currently even right now using anchor, like I'd mentioned at the beginning of the sponsor anchor anchor is used by Spotify. And at the end of the day, Spotify is a small company in a way. I mean, I believe they're, Maybe they're not publicly traded just yet, but Spotify does want to compete with Apple Podcasts at the end of the day. And Apple Podcasts is backed by Apple. So will this bill go forward? Hard to tell. But I mean, at the end of the day, it's still going to be causing some chaos within the marketplace potentially. And maybe that's the answer too, is maybe eventually Spotify gets bought out by another company if it's small and can't compete with Apple. It's going to be interesting to say the least, but I mean, this bill has been talked about for a while. It just seems like nothing's really happening just yet, but time will tell now. On to the space side of the industry and the market. The FAA requires SpaceX to make environmental adjustments to move forward with its Starship program in Texas. The Federal Aviation Administration on Monday said it will require Elon Musk SpaceX SpaceX to make dozens of environmental adjustments in order to conduct further Starship flight tests and begin operational launches from its facility in Boca Chica, Texas. SpaceX will be required to take on more than 75 actions to mitigate environmental impacts before the company can receive a launch license for the site. The FAA said in a press release, the the mitigations included protections for water resources, limits to noise levels. (laughs) Yeah, limit noise levels on shooting a rocket. Good luck with that. 
and biohazard materials control in addition to others. Among the requirements, SpaceX will coordinate with a qualified biologist on lightning inspections to minimize the impact on sea turtles, operate an employee shuttle between the city of Brownsville and the facility, and perform quarterly cleanups of the local of the local Boca Chica Beach. Okay, that, that's interesting to think. The company will also contribute to local education and preservation efforts, including preparing a historical contact report of the events of the Mexican War and the Civil War that took place in the geographical area, as well as the replica, uh, replicating and installing missing ornaments on the local historical marker. The company will also make annual contributions of 5000 each to organizations that protect uh, Ocalots and endangered birds of prey, as well as the state recreational fishing program. The FAA has also issued new rules for closing the public highway that passes by SpaceX facilities, such as requiring the roads to be open on 18 specific holidays and most weekends. SpaceX, SpaceX has already made changes to the expansion of its star-based facility, according to the FAA, with the company removing infrastructure plans for a desalination plant, natural gas pretreatment pre system, liquefier, and power plant. SpaceX did not immediately respond to CNBC's request for comment Monday, but in a tweet shared by the FAA's website with a brief message, one step closer to or first orbital flight test of Starship. Continuing on with the article, the company is developing its nearly 400-foot-tall reusable Starship rocket with the goal of carrying cargo and groups of small, oh, sorry, groups of people beyond Earth. The rocket and its super heavy boosters are powered by SpaceX Raptor series of engines. The FAA began a review of the program in November 2020 after the company began to build its, up its infrastructure and operations on the, off the, on the coast of the Gulf of Mexico near the city of Brownsville, Texas. The agency delayed in final assessment five times over the past six months as it reviewed input on the program. Its ruling Monday of mitigated finding of no significant impact is still in partial win for SpaceX, saving the company from a more lethal review of its operations known as the Environmental Impact Statements. And finally, the FAA released two key documents on Monday, a summary of the environmental assessment and a detailed rundown of the actions the company must take. See, at the end of the day, SpaceX, I mean, it's good to see that they're doing this, but I just think it's funny. Like I, like I mentioned when I had a moment of pause there where it said, the mitigations include protecting for water resources, limits to noise level, and biohazard material control. Now, I can see the biohazard material control because you'd have to clean up if anything were to happen around that area. But protections for water resources, in a way, these are rockets that are hopefully going to be used again. It's not like in the past where we shot rockets in the sky and just had them fall into the ocean and just collapse to the bottom of the seabed. No, we can actually go and bring these back. And obviously limits to noise level, that's just a little ridiculous. It's not like you can tell a rocket to not be so ex explosive when it's going up in the air. But maybe they're just trying to make it so that the people in the area be, can be able to live their normal lives, not have to deal with the loud noises. I often wonder too, if sometimes that the FAA just wants to be able to be relevant. And so they just make these claims at times. I mean, it's hard to tell, but... The last thing we're going to talk about in this article as part of the FAA's review, a report earlier this year from the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service obtained by CNBC found a correlation between SpaceX activity in the area and the recent declines in the local population of the piping pulver and endangered bird species. However, the FWS suggests minimum spending on or correction, minimal spending or conversation commitments from SpaceX. SpaceX has completed the multi-high flight test with Starship prototypes, but it has yet to reach space following development and regulatory delays. In February, SpaceX CEO gave Elon Musk gave a permission on 
correction, gave a presentation on Starship at the company's Starbase facility in Texas, outlining the path forward and obstacles for the rocket testing. Elon's probably going to get what he needs done. And the FAA is probably just making a big deal out of nothing at the end of the day. SpaceX is going to be game-changing technology for the space industry. And especially if they can monetize it to be able to get people into space. I think a lot of people will pay for it. Especially since it, SpaceX is considered more environmental friendly because you're saving the rockets and reusing them again. So keep it up, Elon. Can continue to build the future of America and SpaceX. Last article that we'll talk about today. Morgan Stanley CEO James Gordman sees 50-50 odds of recession ahead. Ooh. The odds of recession may be climbing as the Federal Reserve wrangles with inflation, but it's unlikely to be a deep one, according to Morgan Stanley CEO James Gorman. Quote, it's possible we get into a recession, uh, probably 50-50 odds now, uh, Gorman said Monday, at a financial conference held by his New York-based bank. That's up from earlier 30% recession risk estimate, said Gorman, who added that, quote, we're unlikely at this stage to go into a deeper, long recession. Gorman was speaking as market as markets were in freefall amid expectations that central banks needed to aggressively combat inflation. Bank executives have raised alarms about the economy recently as the Fed raised rates and reverse uh, quarantine easing programs. Rival CEO James Diamond said that he predicted a hurricane ahead due to the central banks in the Ukraine conflict. But Gorman expressed confidence that the Fed would eventually be able to bring inflation down for its multi-decade highs. Quote, I don't think we're falling into a massive hole over the next few years. I think eventually the Fed's going to get a hold of inflation. He said, you know, that is going to be bumpy. People's 401ks plans are going to be going down this year. While markets have been crash crashing, the fundamentals of the economy, including consumer and corporate balance sheets, are in better shape than markets suggest, which gives Gorman comfort, he said. Still, the Fed waited too long to raise rates, which gives less room to maneuver should a recession begin. Gorman said the CEO began discussing the risk of a recession with the internal commitments late August or September. When it's clear that inflation was going to be more per persistent than hoped, he said, quote, we're in sort of a brave new world right now. And I don't think there's anybody in the room who could accurately predict where inflation is going to be a year from now, Gorman said. The only thing I'm going to say about this inflation situation and the potential of a recession is this. Okay. Banks are going to have to report soon. They're going to have to do their stress tests. That's coming up real soon. In fact, I think it's at the end of this month in June that they have to do the stress tests. We're going to find out real soon if these banks can survive the quote unquote recession. Okay. At the same time too, I want you all to think about this. Okay. Target just reported really bad earnings. Okay. And in my research and looking up articles last night and this morning for today, I discovered that Target, for instance, just had raised their dividend by 20%. It went from 90 cents a share to $1.08 a share, okay? The same Target that just got crushed because consumers weren't spending more, okay? Target firmly believes that people are going to be spending money this year. They would not have raised their dividend if they did not think so, even though they did just get crushed in the first quarter of this year. We're going to find out real soon how many shares banks are willing to buy back and how much of a dividend increase they're going to give to their current shareholders. Most companies, if they don't feel like the economy is going to do well, will not do that. For instance, back in 2020, ExxonMobil canceled their dividend increases, at least for the time being. They did raise it recently to 88 cents a share. And they had suspended their buyback program in 2016 and didn't pick it up until last year in 2021. Okay. If companies are going through hard times, they're going to do what they can to save as much cash on hand. 
and it's saying on right now that from Morgan Stanley's chairman that there's potentially a recession, but apparently their balance sheets are really good right now across the board in the United States. So which is it? Is it the companies are going to survive? Probably. I mean, if if they didn't have confidence, I mean, like I said, with Target, why would Target raise their dividend by 20% if it's this quote unquote bad recession in the making? Or maybe it comes back to bite Target in the butt. Who knows? I think at the end of the day, we're dealing with a lot of jitters in Wall Street. Wall Street right now wants to talk about a lot of negative things in general. They do. That's how they make their money. I mean, think about it. If they ever were to report that things were going well on Wall Street, no one would watch it. No one would read their articles. Heck, I wouldn't even be talking about it on this podcast currently because that's all I read is negative articles. Granted, sometimes there are some good articles, right? Like when we get to report good numbers from companies when they report, right? But Wall Street's trying to sell a story. And right now the story narrative is, is we're going to be heading to a recession. I I personally, like I've, I've been saying this for a while, I think we're already in that recession. I believe it already did happen. But like I said, if I'm wrong, I'll admit I'm wrong. But something I've always noticed too is whenever Wall Street says, oh, we're, in a re- we're heading towards a recession, in my opinion, we're already there. And when Wall Street says, oh, we're not heading towards a recession, that means it's coming. I always try to do the opposite of Wall Street does because Wall Street to me is just a very emotional. It's like a child that you take away its candy and it just starts screaming the entire time. I mean, Wall Street also gets spooked out on like the littlest of news sometimes. I mean, it's it's insane how Wall Street's very emotional reaction time is. But I think at the end of the day, I mean, it's good to look to see if it's happening. I mean, it's always good. I mean, Jamie Dimon believes that the hurricane's coming. And for all we know, maybe the hurricane is just a really bad rainstorm in the making. Or maybe we're already in the rainstorm and people don't realize it. It's hard to tell. But as this year progresses more and more, we'll get a better understanding of what's happening. And maybe the Morgan Stanley, James Gorman's right. 50-50% odds of a recession. But I do agree with him on this, though. If you are investing this year, your portfolio will be down for most of the year. Because Wall Street has too many, too many jitters out there. I think the only way to truly get out of this, quote-unquote, fear of a recession, war has to end with, between Ukraine and Russia. Global, chain, global supply chains have to get back to normal. There can't be any backlogs in Long Beach area, Los Angeles area for the ports currently. Oh yeah, if you haven't heard, that's happening again. And finally, people just got to go back to work in general. And if all those things happen, economy might bounce back quickly. Oh, and obviously gas prices got to drop down too. If gas prices keep rising, that's going to be a huge issue. But if all that stuff happens, there's no recession. If things keep getting worse though, there potentially is a recession. So with that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. I know it's pretty short, but decided to keep this one a little bit short today as I do have a hectic schedule currently right now. But like I always say at the end of each podcast, if you have enjoyed today's podcast, I ask that you please like and subscribe to this podcast as every like and subscription that we get can help grow this podcast so we can be able to keep talking about what's happening in the market. Please also share with friends or family as friends or family might find this interesting to be able to listen to and get different opinions of what's happening in the market that CNBC or Fox Business is not willing to talk about at times or even CNN Business. Because each time we share and can grow this channel, the more we can be able to talk about what's happening in the market. With that being said, guys, thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. Thank you and goodbye.